Well, I just want to share as Dave tries to get a sound check here, just how wonderful it is for Luane and I to be back. Can we, can we douse these lights just a little? Because I can't see your faces. <laughs> and I've come back to see you. I'd appreciate that if that's possible. Um, yeah, what a, what a joy to be back. Um, even when we had some time of prayer downstairs this morning, the prayers that I heard were, thank you, Lord, that, that this church is alive. That is so exciting for Luane and I to, to know that. Um, very difficult decision for Luane and I to, to move on, but we believe God was leading us in that way. And I know some of you came and you don't quite understand it. We're, we're just trusting, and hopefully you can too, that God is at work in our lives as well as he's working here as well. So we're grateful for that. I also want to just thank Max and the worship team. Um, and I don't know if I'm just sensitive being back or what, but those songs really touched my heart. They were songs that were true about who our God is, our Heavenly Father. Um, today, the subject is the attributes of God that I kind of just told Brian and, and Drew. Because it's Father's Day, I'll just title it, Our Heavenly Father's Attributes. But I want to share this with you unequivocally. I'm going to share three attributes of God. There are so many. But every attribute I share today, my prayer is that it'll excite your heart. It'll, it'll move in your heart that you'll want to know God more. Because I sure do. But every attribute of my Heavenly Father, my Savior Jesus Christ, is the same. That's who God is, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Trinity at times can be confusing. It's a mystery. I don't fully understand it, but I believe God is helping me to grow in it. And I believe that's what we can do. We can grow in our knowledge of who God is. Attributes of God. An attribute tells us, whoever you apply it, but we're applying it to our Father today. Who is our Father? Who is God? What's He like? Some of these attributes, I'm sure most of you will know. But my heart is that you'll want to know more. When it comes to knowing God, we don't come close to understanding his unlimited majesty. It says in the scriptures this way, the secret things belong to God. We're not going to understand it even in eternity. That's the unlimitedness of who our God is. What he does share with us, but the things revealed belong to us and our children and our children's children. What God shares in here is for us to know God better. And I believe the more we can know God, the more we can love him, the more we're going to want 
to know him better, spend time with him. My second title for the sermon today is The Chick and Wayne COVID Story. Because <laughs> that's where it all began. Twenty twenty, March nineteenth. Kenny, do you remember the time we were working down your basement? That was the last job we did for over a year and a half. Kenny and his sister Madeline, because COVID came along. And I'm sure, like you guys, what in the world is happening? Everything's being shut down. There was fear in the air. My kids said to Luane and I, you ain't going out. We'll shop for you. And they did. My daughter-in-law would bring packages, put them on the patio, and ring the bell. And run. <laughs> Didn't want to give anything to us. And we, we experienced and expressed their love to us, and we appreciate that. Our friend Mrs. Vincent would be the week after. They alternated. And Angie faithfully brought food to us as well. Drop it, ring the bell, and off they go. So we would come out with nobody around, pick up the packages, and here's what they told us. Wipe everything down. Pretzel bags, wipe it all down. Cans. It, I want to keep my thoughts to myself on some of these things. So we did it. We were learning. And we don't do that stuff anymore. Um, but what God did in the midst of that, think about this. Here's this older couple who's not allowed to leave the house, say their parent, I mean, say their children. And we try to be cordial. It put us in a spot where we're saying, oh boy, is this what it's going to be like to obey our kids all the time? <laughs> and I expressed to them, I don't think so. But we honored them. We went through that whole procedure. We even got all the shots and the boosters. And we're very grateful to this day. Luane and I have never had COVID. We've been tested a few times, but never had it. But what God did in that isolated time, did a, did a lot of things. Luane and I in our marriage, and we're going to celebrate 50 years in September. We are, we are so blessed by our marriage, and we give God all the credit. He's working in my life to love Luane like he loved us in the church. Luane is loving me because she honors her father. And we have had one blessed marriage. And I, we want to give him the glory for that. But I got to tell you, being home alone with her for a year and a half, <laughs> wonderful. We didn't miss a beat. We loved every minute of it. Luane would tell me at work that she would have 
some of the, her work, co-workers, the women, say, ah, I've got to go home to that old man. And that would hurt in a way because we've never experienced that. Not that we're something special, but we set our hearts on wanting to obey God and experience all he has. So in that atmosphere of a year and a half being home alone, and we would do things to keep us busy, but we came across these, I don't know what you want to call them. They, weren't, they were CDs, but they were, I, we saw them on YouTube. And we watched one of our favorite preachers preach a series on the attributes of God. And it changed us. We knew a lot of those things. But we began to drink it in. To taste and see all that God is. And it was magnificent. When Brian and I got together, they asked us if I would come. and We really prayed about it and just thought, what a wonderful opportunity and privilege. But because we're coming on Father's Day, we thought that would be a great thing. I'm going to share with you three <laughs> attributes of God. And I'm trying to rush to get through it anyway. It's marvelous. Who is God? Can you and I know him intimately, deeply? I'm going to read a verse that tells us that. But before I do that, I want to read a passage from the Ten Commandments in Exodus. This is the second commandment that God gave to Moses for the people of Israel. You shall not make for yourselves an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath, <clears throat> excuse me, or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. But showing, see the difference, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Now here's what I want you to know before we begin to look at the attributes of God. So many times people would take silver, gold, wood, carve these things. God actually makes a mockery of it through the Old Testament. They would make these things, put them on a stool or something, and then worship it. And God basically says this. What are you, stupid? You make something and then you're going to sit and worship it? Here's what I want to tell you this morning to kind of lay a foundation as we look at these three attributes. Mankind, you and I who are sinful by birth, are incapable of knowing who God is. It's beyond our ability. I want to give you an example that I saw hmm, maybe six, seven months ago. 
<clears throat> watching a video. I do that a lot to try to really just learn what's going on out in the world in churches. There was a worship leader who shared some things, I guess, before song. I didn't watch the whole thing because I couldn't take it. And here's what that worship leader said. I want you to know, I believe God is like Aladdin in that movie. And they actually showed a picture. I didn't see it. But the cartoon of that blue big head with the tail, has anybody? He's what? He's a dean. Oh, a gene. Okay. Well, anyway, they, they showed a picture of this genie or something. And I said to myself, how dare you present the God of the universe in that capacity? You think we just rub Aladdin's lamp and God says, what do you want? But this is what we have in the church today. And I want to remind you again, you and I cannot define God. God defines himself for us. Suzanne, if you would put up that first, oh, she's already got it up there. Oh, man. I'm doing something because I'm growing in technology. <laughs> And that's not too easy for an old guy. But I can hardly see them back there, so I thought I'm going to put it on here. <clears throat> Listen to this verse in Jeremiah. The setting is, Israel is a wicked, disobedient nation. And God, through Jeremiah, is trying to help them repent. And they didn't. You can read it on the screen. This is what the Lord says. Let not the wise boast of their wisdom, or the strong boast of their strength, or the rich boast of their riches. I kind of changed some of the words there for modern time. Our intelligence, our power, and our wealth. Does that sound familiar today? It's what the world is going against, is going up for. And they'll run people over to get it. Then God says this through Jeremiah. But let the one who boasts boast about this. That they have the understanding to know me. That I am the Lord who exercises. Now these are three attributes that we're not going to touch on today. Kindness, justice, and righteousness on the earth. For in them I delight, declares the Lord. If you would show the next slide here. Amazing. <laughs> My wife did this for me. Because <laughs> I'm not real keen on all these things you can do. 
But I show you this one. This isn't important. I show you this one because this is the one I generally lose, use as I'm texting people. And I just want to say, thumbs up. Okay. Check this next one out. Do you see the resemblance? <clears throat> I want you to look at this. Here's what I want you to see, and I want you to remember. As we go through these attributes of God, we're going to do faithfulness, the sovereignty of God, and the wrath of God. And I'll explain why I chose that. But throughout what I share with you, Chick's going to do this. <laughs> because that's how I'm blown away as I try to understand and deepen my heart on who this God is that saved me and I desire to worship him. <clears throat> so, just going back to thinking about Aladdin and someone depicting God as that. Max, I'm grateful. I, I check in on you guys and I watch the videos from home. And I appreciate your heart for worship. And I appreciate that you're a caring, wanting to know more about God. So that you, through truth, can bring everyone to worship him in spirit and in truth. We have an amazing God. You keep it up, young man. <clears throat> All right, here's the first verse on faithfulness. Your faithfulness continues through all generations. You establish the earth and it endures through your faithfulness. It's amazing. We sang today, great is your faithfulness. You believe that? I want to. Because we're going to need every day in the world that we live in, the belief that God is going to be faithful all the time. Let me read you this next verse on faithfulness. Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you and praise your name for in perfect faithfulness. God's faithfulness is perfect. Mine's not. In perfect faithfulness, you have done wonderful things, things planned long ago. I'm going to touch on that a little bit later with sovereignty, but God has a plan, and he's going to be faithful to carry that plan out. I use this verse in the, old, <clears throat> the New Testament. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out that you can endure it. I wanted to use that verse just for the simple thing of every day, even though if you're in Christ, your sins are forgiven. 
we still struggle and are tempted with all that's out there in the world and even in our own heart at times. <clears throat> and God is saying, even in that experience of life, I want you to know I am with you every moment. Similar to the verse in Corinthians where it says, take every wrong thought captive and bring it to Christ. God is saying, when you're tempted, you come to me because I am faithful and I will help you through the temptations of life. Hallelujah. Let me, uh, let me just explain. I want to define faithfulness. This is from scripture, Hebrew and Greek, and this is from Webster's Dictionary. Faithfulness, the ability to a person, a cause, or a belief. And in God's case, God is faithful to you and I and to his will and plan. We can be assured, we don't always think that way or believe it, but we can be assured God will be faithful to his plan for you and I every moment of the day. He's a faithful God. His faithfulness is great. The next is the sovereignty of God. Let me read from Exodus 15, 18. The Lord reigns. That's, that's a good description of sovereignty. He rules, he reigns. The Lord reigns forever and ever. Now, here's a guy that didn't do well in English, but you don't need to see ever and ever when you say ever. <laughs> ever is ever. But God wants to bring it home to you and I. God reigns forever and ever. Oh, that I would believe that. Because life can be scary. Here's another verse. Say among the nations or your neighbors, the Lord reigns. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Equity is God's fair and impartial. When God judges, and that's another attribute of God, God is never unjust. Put that in the bank. When you think life isn't fair, the sovereign Lord is watching over each one of us to bring about his purposes in our lives. He's just. With you and I who are in Christ, we add mercy to that. Let's look at another one. Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters and like loud peals of thunder, shouting this in heaven. You can picture this with John. Hallelujah! For our Lord God Almighty reigns. Do you believe that? 
Here's a verse I was taught that you don't share with someone who's going through pain. All things work together for good. The time to learn that verse and have it in your heart is before the pain comes. Because God is working on my heart and your heart. His plan that's perfect. And whatever comes our way in Christ, I can consider everything good. Really? Is that the God that I serve and love? You bet it is. And I want to learn and know that more. Let's define sovereignty. Sovereignty, chief, highest, supreme, highest in authority and power, one with superior position to all others. There's a time when I studied this deeply, and there was great examples going all the way back to Nebuchadnezzar who was sovereign over Babylon. But he wasn't sovereign over the world. He tried to conquer the world, didn't accomplish it. Today, we look back in history, Hitler, Stalin. Even today with the dictators we have, they may be sovereign over their nations, but that is it. And one day they'll answer to God. God is sovereign over everything, everyone, and that includes the weather, the universe, people, and critters. Mean critters. <laughs> and you know some of the stories from Scripture. God can shut the mouth of the lion. Does incredible things because he's sovereign. <clears throat> sovereignty. Independent and unlimited by any other. And I translate it this way. God controls everything. Do we believe that? Is that who my God is? I want to believe it. I'm going to touch a little as we, we round up our time here. God is sovereign. Oh, that we would embrace that. Thank you, God, for ruling over everything well. For the sake of the church. Wrath. Wow. Chick, why'd you pick that one? That doesn't sound friendly. Well, it's who our God is. And I wanted to share this with you because it brings out the power of the gospel so much more clearly. Wrath. See, the day of the Lord is coming, a cruel day, with wrath and fierce anger, to make the Lord desolate and destroy, the, I'm sorry, to make the land desolate and destroy the sinners within it. Did you catch that? There's a day of wrath, and it's coming. You could do this, guys did a study in Isaiah, and you remember. There was times that Isaiah was talking to the present, and there was times he was talking in the future. This is future. The day of wrath is coming. These next two verses in Romans 1 and Romans 2. The, 
wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godliness, godlessness, and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. But because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath. When his righteous judgment will be revealed, God will repay each person according to what they have done. I don't have time to explain all of this. But if you're not a follower of Christ, if you're not born again, if you haven't been redeemed by the Savior, you are still under God's wrath. And this is not a good place to be. The reason why I share it, it's the truth, but the gospel, the good news addresses it. We don't have to be under God's wrath. Last verse, Revelation. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has this name written. Say this with me. King of kings and Lord of lords. In my older age, God's working in my heart that I long to see this day when the king comes from heaven and touches down on earth and makes everything right because so much is wrong. How do I define wrath? Here's how the Bible says. It's God's anger. That's pretty clear. It's God's indignation against something or something that's wrong. You and I, before we've come to Christ, and I'm hoping everyone is in Christ, I'm going to challenge you if you've never truly understood to put your faith in Jesus Christ, God's atoning sacrifice, you are still an enemy of God. God's wrath is holy wrath. God's wrath is just wrath. Lord, help me to believe that. But here's the gospel. You and I don't have to be under God's wrath. I'll say it this way. Some 68 years ago, Chick as a five-year-old recognized, I need a savior, Jesus. I heard about hell. I don't want to go there. And my sister, who was seven, said, well, Chick, just get down on your knees and repent. Ask Jesus to forgive you. I did that. And I believe God, through the Holy Spirit of regeneration, regenerating me, changing me, came into my life and has been working on my heart ever since. I love the fact that I'm redeemed and God's wrath 
is no longer on check for any of you who have received Christ. Romans 8, there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. God's wrath is no longer on me. I praise his name. All right, let me try to wrap this up. I think I'm okay. Dave told me I am. Faithfulness. That's who our God is. Keep learning and growing in the faithfulness of God. It's everywhere in the scriptures. Let me read this to help try to bring this whole idea of faithfulness. The faithfulness of God. <clears throat> and I love how he starts this out in 2 Timothy. Here's a trustworthy saying. You cannot deny can believe it. God is saying this. It's trustworthy. If we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. Here's the puncher. If, he, if we, you and I are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. It's that portion where it said, God cannot lie. I believe that. God cannot be unfaithful in your life and mine. <clears throat> He's sovereign. <clears throat> God has a master plan. When did he do it? Way back there, before the earth was even created, before the heavens. And he rules over it perfectly. And he rules over everything. Let me read you from Isaiah. What a great book, huh? <laughs> Isaiah 46. Remember this. Keep it in mind. Take it to heart, you rebels. That's what I can be sometimes. And God is saying, do not forget who I am. Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. That's my God. And he tells me to boast about Understanding and knowing him. <laughs> we can know the God of the universe through Jesus Christ. Man, that's good stuff. Here's how it finishes out. I am God and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning. He's told us a majority of his plan. It's written in here. The story of redemption, the fall of man, and how God has worked it all through and is redeeming it and has sent his son in that Christmas time, Jesus Emmanuel, to come live and die, be buried and raised again. Thank you, Lord. I want to encourage you, as you and I study, and you need to study on your own, you need to read it and listen. Listen to others. Listen to the leadership here and the teachers here. Come hungry 
to know who God is. And he will show you. If you seek me with all your heart, God says, you'll find me. And it's mostly in here. Our study on the attributes of God changed our prayer life as well. Because what it did is it stirred our heart, our hearts to believe this is who our God is. Let me come to him all day long. He's worthy of my worship. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. Get that? That's what is out here. I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. And everything that he pleases, he'll be faithful to do that, but everything he pleases is perfect and good. Ask God to help you believe that. That's a game changer. It's wrath. Here's what the end of John 3 says. You know, that's that famous passage of Nicodemus being born again. At the end of John 3, it says this. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. And listen to these horrible words. And the wrath of God remains on him or her. Apart from Jesus, you will stay in the wrath of God and you're storing up things that you'll have to answer for. Everyone will answer. <clears throat> okay, I'm going to do this last verse, but there's so much more. Omnipotent. Omni means all. Potent is power. Omnipotent. God is all-powerful. He's omniscient. He knows everything. <laughs> Think about that. The person in Japan, who I can't even see, don't even know their name, he does, and he knows what they're thinking. And he knows all of us today, what we're thinking. Wow. Do I believe that? He's merciful. We read about in Jeremiah... You're going to boast, boast about this, that you understand and know me. That I exercise kindness, justice, and righteousness. Here's another one. And I delight to do that. Wow. What a God. So I want to end with this verse in Romans 11. It's that point where Romans gives the whole gospel all the way through and then Paul breaks into a doxology. Oh, the depth of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his pathway untraceable. Who can counsel him? Who knows the mind of God? Who can give to God that God will pay him back? What's the answer? No one. For from him and through him 
and in him are all things. And then it ends with, to God's glory, we praise you. Amen. Let's pray. Father, my heart is not that I'm a know-it-all here, but I want to know you more and more. And I pray that just this little taste of your attributes will spur our hearts on to study, to search after you, to ask, Lord, teach me your ways. Help me to know you and be confident that your work in every detail of my life. Lord, as we look around the world and even our own country, it's a mess. But you're sovereign. You're ruling. Everything that happens is under your care. You don't love wickedness. You're going to judge it. But you're in charge. Help us to rest in that. Oh, let me just share this with you. One last thing. I, I learned this just about a month ago. Does anybody know Charles Hayden Spurge version? I, I listen to a lot of his writings. Here's what he said about the sovereignty of God. When I put my head on the pillow at night, that pillow is the sovereignty of God. Think about that. When you and I are most vulnerable, it's when we close our eyes and are asleep, and God is in charge of your life, always. Blessings on you.